This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ring It and Sense is brought to you by Franklin Templeton. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ring It and Sense, the show all about personal finance. And I'm Sim Weebun. Personal finance and investing has seen significant changes in the last century. Technology has saved us an immense amount of time and money because everything is just available through a click of a mouse, a tap of a screen. It's also imparted on us a sense of control over the information you have, opened the doors for forums of discussion and changed the way you budget and save or spend your money. And depending on who you talk to, some might say that we're only scratching the surface of what technology can offer us in terms of our relationship with money. So joining me to have a discussion on this is Vincent Fong, the Chief Editor of Fintech News Malaysia. Good morning and welcome to the show, Vincent. Okay, so let's start off with a very big picture question, which is the theme of today's discussion anyway. Um, how do you think technology has changed the way we view wealth and investing? I think as a whole, technology has definitely made it easier, more affordable for the general public to invest. Two like robo-advisors, for example, has made it possible for retail investors who are not familiar in capital markets to actually be able to invest their wealth as well. I mean, even at my own circle of friends, sometimes when you say ETF, they don't even know what it is, right? So having these kind of tools uh, make it a lot more accessible for the general retail investors to be able to participate in the market as well. Uh, if you look at digital stockbrokers like Rakuten, FSM1, but this kind of technology, this kind of uh, solutions has also made it very affordable for Malaysians to be able to uh, invest in the stock market as well. And, you know, Ringgit Plus also recently launched an uh, uh, online financial planning tool, which is quite comprehensive. And for a couple hundred Ringgit, um, they will be able to actually help you to, you know, look at your whole finance and do the whole financial planning for you. And, you know, the kind of service typically costs a lot more than what they're charging, which is a couple of hundred of Ringgit. So, you know, technology has really made it simpler and cheaper for a lot of Malaysians to be able to better manage and invest their money. In the past kind of like decade or more than a decade or so, what do you think was the most, like what is the one facet that's the most important and impactful development that, you know, has changed this relationship we have from te- with technology and finance? I think uh, startups entering this space has definitely changed the way we view finance because traditionally you look at all these incumbents, um, they're quite comfortable with the way they approach providing digital financial services, right? So if you look at um, the early 2000s where you know, the the term fintech was just coined. It provided a very useful lens for investors, entrepreneurs, and regulators to actually look at this sector. So you see, like in the mid-2010s, a lot of the regulators started to embrace fintech and they started to create a lot of new regulations to enable this kind of new innovations, enable this kind of new services to be introduced to consumers. Now, of course, I'd be remiss if I don't talk about crypto, which has really challenged the way we view payments, investments, and even the concept of money as a whole. Uh, other things like open banking, AI, big data, biometrics of course have also played a very major role in uh, shaping finance today yeah do you think social media has a big part to play in um, how we view money how we view invest <laughs> for sure right I, I guess the biggest example would be Game, GameStop and Reddit last year <laughs> that, that has really uh, kind of impacted a lot of uh, things that we, we, we do with, with stock shopping and whatnot so you know definitely yeah social media does play a big role and there are a lot of forums and educational groups which gives users uh free knowledge and information about how and where to invest, those are definitely positive impacts as well. 
But the danger that comes with something like that is the lack of regulation, right? So there is a debate to be have is these forums where people discuss and everything. Should there be a degree of regulation? You can't really regulate this kind of conversations. I mean, advice are fine, but don't have any stock calls, right? Once you jump into the territory of charging for stock calls, then it becomes a regulated activity. And then, yeah, that's definitely unlicensed. So, I mean, there, there is like a fine border to, to, to walk, I think. And I think as long as you kind of keep your advice general and broad, I, I don't think that's an issue. I mean, you're essentially, you're just sharing knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want to pick up on uh, you, something you mentioned earlier, which is the robo-advisors, right? So this is kind of a, mm. a, a big example of how um, finance investing has been married with technology, you know, using algorithms, AI, what have you. When you talk to people it, that has been in doing this, doing investing for a long time. I mean, what are your thoughts on this whole issue that people are saying that robo-advisors are there to replace human advisors? I don't think it's there to replace human advisors as a whole because for now, robo-advisors are just essentially investing into ETFs, right? And as an investor, I think you you have a quite a diverse portfolio and sometimes uh, human advisors or, or financial planners may advise you to diversify your portfolio into various different kind of assets, right? So I think for now, no, I, I don't think it will replace, but there are, of course, certain financial products offered by um, human advisors that I think robo-advisors will be able to replace, yeah, but not completely. Your publication is, you know, covers a lot of fintech developments. What mm-hmm. do you think are the some of the fintech developments right now that people should be paying attention to, especially people in Malaysia? Um, I think decentralized finance is definitely one big area that everyone should focus on. Um, there's a lot of opportunities for people to be able to grow their wealth there, but it's definitely a very complicated subject, right? Because you com- combine the complexities of finance with the complexities of technology, and then you just have a whole new world of things to understand over there. But if you don't look at this opportunity, then uh, definitely you'll be missing out on quite a bit. Lah. But I don't recommend jumping into it both fit. Uh, slowly try to understand and learn more about the subject. Even I find myself trying to learn something about it and I learn something new about it every day. I think the other trend that uh, probably will be more prevalent in Malaysia is embedded finance. So uh, the Securities Commission has actually enabled this through their e-service uh, kind of regulation. Right? So I think we'll see more and more players uh, trying to get uh, regulated by SE in this space to be able to offer this kind of uh, low-risk investment products into on their platforms. All right, and we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Ring It and Sense is brought to you by Franklin Templeton. Welcome back. You're tuned into Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Boon. And today's topic is the relationship between technology and investing and money, you know, leveraging on technology to make better financial decisions. Joining me to discuss this is Vincent Fong, the Chief Editor of Fintech News Malaysia. Welcome to the show. Uh, Vincent, the earlier part of this show, we were talking about kind of how technology has changed it, has made um, our relationship with money better, helped people invest better, uh, opened the doors for many people. But with this, there also comes a dark side. You mentioned uh, GameStop and the whole meme stock thing, which depending on who you say, can be dangerous, but also a great opportunity to make money. But one thing that also has been rampant, it's scams, you know, phishing scams, identity theft and whatnot. 
and they're getting more sophisticated day by day. So what are your thoughts on this about these rise of scams, internet scams, digital scams that uh, come with the development of the technology, especially in the financial space? I mean, it's not just the financial sector that has gone digital, right? This uh, scammers has also gone digital as well because that's where all the potential targets are these days. Um, you know, we did an interview with the Securities Commission Malaysia Executive Director last year, uh, Chin Wei Min. Um, he told me that, you know, in the previous year, they saw a 158 percent increase in complaints and 123% increase in inquiries on the legitimacy of investment schemes last year. So definitely uh, the, the amount of schemes and scams have definitely gone up. And that's not just limited to capital markets, right? There's a variety of scams that's going on out there. But I think it's kind of a perfect storm because, you know, there's so many first-time digital users that are not savvy. Then you couple that with the, 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 the kind of greed and the fear that's brought on by income loss that's caused by the pandemic. It's it's very easy for these scammers to actually prey on the less savvy digital users and also the emotions as well. So I think at the end of the day, you know, users should always be careful. Users should always check with uh, the right sources to ensure that uh, it, the, the, the things they're investing in is correct. And, you know, if it's too good to be true, it's probably, too, it's probably not true. Lah. Yeah, right. So that's what I want to ask, right? Follow <laughs> up to this, right? Yeah. What do you think the layman should know nowadays you know, to protect themselves or, you know, the basic knowledge that they should arm themselves with, right? Especially since money is becoming more and more digital, investing mm. is becoming more and more digital, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, there, there's always red flags, right? If the returns are too high, then it's a little bit suspicious. Um, always kind of double check with the Securities Commission website to ensure that they're regulated locally. I mean, if they're not regulated locally, then that's also another thing to be careful about, right? Because every day, if they're not regulated over here, then you may not have necessarily have legal recourse here in, in Malaysia if something goes wrong. Okay, and I want to also stay on this, but reference um, the what we talked about earlier, which is that whole meme stock, mm. game stock trend, you know? <laughs> you know, it depends on who you talk to. Some said this was a great opportunity for people to make money. You know, it's giving power to the retail investors, it's giving power to the minority shareholders. What do you think about it? Are we seeing a revolution in terms of investing? Uh, are we seeing a change of sentiment? I mean, I do support the whole messaging and the whole ideology of the little guy fighting back, right? Because for decades and even as far as I can remember, I don't think there was the, there was a time where the little guy fought and won the big guy. So, you know, it's, it's a bit of a historical moment in the <laughs> capital markets. But having said that, you know, um, I wouldn't put my life savings on these things. <laughs> I mean, if you have money to spare, if, if you feel you want to take on the kind of risk to invest in meme stocks, then by all means, go ahead. But I, I wouldn't put my life savings on it. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? You wouldn't tell people to do that. But, you know, know. You, you are seeing people that are willing to do that because it creates a very emotional approach. Yeah, back to what I said about social media, right? I mean, is, is there a degree of regulation that perhaps uh, we should consider? Because, I mean, the benefit, of course, again, with all of this is that, you know, the entry point, ha the barrier has been lowered. Younger people are getting involved, but also younger people mm. with no, uh, little financial knowledge. So is, is this his approach? Is, is this just teething issues that we have to overcome so that um, investing and personal finance becomes a thing that everyone is exposed to? Or is there a better way to take care of people's money, especially when social media, Reddit and everything is so accessible now? So, I mean, a caveat as I, I kind of comment on this is that I'm 
neither a regulatory or a mm. financial planning expert, but um, the way I see it, it's it's kind of difficult for any regulator to be able to regulate this kind of conversations, right? Because how do you really define what can and cannot be said? So I think at the end of the day, uh, like I said earlier, as long as it doesn't enter the territory of charging for stock calls, then I think it should still be fine. Uh, but beyond that, I, I, I really struggle to see how regulators can draw a clear line between uh, what can and cannot be said. And, and even the resources it takes to track now all the conversations via either Telegram or Reddit or Twitter, it's, it's, I, I don't think it's realistic for the regulators to have the kind of resources, to be honest. And now let's talk about another um, topic that, you know, when you say technology and when you say finance, it pops up immediately, which is cryptocurrency, decentralized finance. <laughs> Prior to, I think maybe 10 years ago, when you told someone about the concept of cryptocurrency, oh, just as the time where Bitcoin was coming to uh, conception, it, it would sound maybe like a fantasy tale, but now it's very much real. What's your thoughts on uh, Malaysia and the cryptocurrency space? Um, are we, uh, do you see it becoming a mainstream? For oh, sure. And I think um, Luno just recently or some, sometime late last year reported that they've seen a huge spike in users, right? If I'm not mistaken, they've kind of passed the point of uh, half half a million users, if I'm not mistaken, like 500,000 over users. Uh, they've also exceeded uh, RM1 billion in asset under management. So definitely cryptocurrency is becoming increasingly mainstream. Um, of course, Luno is not the only exchange, right? There's a lot more more savvy crypto investors who also use uh, various other platforms to invest into different kind of coins and different kind of uh, digital assets as well. So as we move along, I think, uh, yes, definitely. But I also hope to see more and more variety of digital assets to be introduced uh, in Malaysia so that we can all look at how it can fit into our overall investment portfolio. But do you think people know what they're getting themselves into? Because like, I like stocks, you know, there's Bursa and you buy into companies, you know, there's a company there that releases daily updates. There's a regulator there, right? So how do we then yeah. look at cryptocurrency in this way? So, I mean, in Malaysia, at least uh, the, the coins and the digital assets that are available on the local exchanges are all approved by the Securities Commission Malaysia. So there's really no possibility for those particular digital assets to be scams, right? But um, talking about the other kind of assets that may not be traded on the local exchanges, then you have to definitely do your own research. You, you got to look at the project, you got to look at the technology, you got to look at the team. Of course, if you are still new to the cryptocurrency investment space, definitely it's not recommended for you to uh, dive both feet into with, with, with out, altcoins. Um, you know, you could definitely start with Bitcoin and Ethereum and, and, and slowly understand how it works. And, and once uh, you're a little bit more comfortable and you're a little bit more knowledgeable in the space, then you can start to look at some of the other top altcoins and see how that fits into your own investment portfolio, right? And again, you know, I'm I'm, I'm no investment expert in this space, but that's, that's some steps that uh, users can take. Okay, so... Looking forward then, what's your outlook on the kind of trends that we'll be seeing with regards to, you know, financial technology in the coming years? So, of course, um, locally, we are seeing the growth of um, alternative uh, finance and investment, right? So, if you look at 
um, equity crowdfunding and P2P, already 2.2 billion were raised for SMEs. So those are the kind of uh, opportunities, investment investment opportunities that are coming up. There's a lot of invest financing, invoice financing opportunities coming up. Um, SC is also uh, looking to regulate IEO very soon. So, you know, there's just a lot of new digital financial financial products that uh, we can expect to see in the coming years. If we're going to compare ourselves to the region, how do we stack? Are we, you know, are we on trend or are we several steps behind when it comes to what you've just said? Um, no, we were actually pretty on track. We're not, not too far behind any of our neighbours. Uh, in, in many ways, we, we, we are ahead compared to some of our neighbours in certain areas. Um, for example, I mean, a lot of people would imagine that Singapore is more liberal and, and, and more welcoming of cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. But uh, their central bank has recently come out to say that, hey, you know, we really don't recommend retail investors to invest in crypto as it's speculative, it's not a safe asset. Um, they've also come out to ban cryptocurrency uh, companies from advertising in public as well. So for crypto exchanges over there that are licensed, they, they can only advertise on their own social media and on their own platform. Whereas if you compare to Malaysia, although we still have a long way to go, uh, the regulator is actually very welcoming and encouraging people to look into crypto as an asset, but also to do their own research as well. And they also don't police uh, uh, the kind of ads that come in. So, you know, they don't, they don't draw a distinction between other kind of capital market products at, uh, versus crypto. Right? As long as it's accurate, then they take no issue with it. So finally, is this what it's going to be like? How is this how we are you are we to view a modern investor whereby no longer is just having a portfolio in equities and bonds and fixed income and all, but now the modern investor have their hands in uh, crypto, have their hands in all these new fintech ventures. Is, is P2P yeah. and whatnot, is this now the archetype of a modern investor. Yeah, and it's so much easier these days, right? You can just sit at home and look at the various types of investments that you're doing just from your mobile phone. It's pretty convenient. And I think it's definitely a good direction to go. I mean, um, like I think I mentioned earlier as well, we've seen more retail participation in capital markets uh, since the 90s crash. And I think that's definitely a good sign. Why, why do you think we've seen this grown? Is it, like you said, the ease of everything or is it just people are just hungry to make money? I think it's the ease of everything. Uh, financial literacy, although it's not ideal yet, but it has definitely gone up from my observation. And I guess the other factor is that uh, perhaps some of this money could be coming from people being in lockdown and not being able to travel. They're like, okay, I might as well invest my money. I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Mm. Okay, and that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Cents. I've been speaking to Vincent Fong, the Chief Editor of Fintech News Malaysia. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance and investing. We have the 10am News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Simu Wibun, signing off for The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents is brought to you by Franklin Templeton. Say hello to progress and to a better financial future at franklintempleton.com.my slash helloprogress. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.